Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Plumfield in Person. We are excited to welcome you today to an episode of Plumfield Moms, in which we have a new guest host. I am Tanya Arnold of BiblioGuides, and it is my pleasure to actually get to interview Sarah Mazarek and Diane Pendergraft of Plumfield Moms today. So ladies, today you get to be in the hot seat, and I get to sit down and have a conversation with you about essentially your journey over the years, and especially this last year, and kind of talk about what it is that you've been doing and where you're planning on going from here. You know, Tanya, when we started this in July... There were lots of things I could not imagine, and you introducing our podcast is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Me either. (laughs) But what a fun, cool thing it is to have you here introducing us, and hopefully our listeners are going to enjoy hearing a little bit more of the story of where we came from and where we're going And by the end of the podcast, hopefully they'll have a better understanding as to why you are the one doing the hosting today. So thank you for hosting us. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Ooh, I sound like Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) You've said excited twice. So yeah, you are totally ripping me off. Yeah. I thought I owned that word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. And I've been thinking back over... The last year. So it's been just over a year that we all met and started building a relationship together. Although I have read your blog for years and many of your reviews. So I didn't really feel that you were new to me, but I was maybe new to you. And over the course of the year, we've done some pretty fun collaborations together and worked together in some really interesting ways. But one of the things that you did that's new is you guys have launched this podcast. And actually, let's take a step back first, because you've had your blog. And let's clarify, because I think people want to know the answer to this question. Is it Plumfield and Paideia or Plumfield and Paideia? How do you say that? (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Diane, how do you say it? Well, now I say Paideia because that's what you say. If I had just looked at it and said, you know, thought that's Greek, I would say Paideia. Right. And that probably is the correct way to say it. But I say Paideia because my grandfather, who is the most well-read human being I've ever known, from whom I inherited my Great Books of the Western World series and quite a few other really phenomenal classics, he is the one who, when he found out I was homeschooling, sent to me the Paideia proposal and the the Paideia Project by Mortimer Adler, and begged me to read those. And then we discussed them together, and he had said Paideia. And so that is what was in my head. I had no idea that there was another way to say it, because my introduction to that word was with him. Well, I think it's probably a lot like some of the Latin. You know, we're arguing over pronunciation when there probably isn't one right answer. Yeah. Right. Like when we think of Latin, you know, we have both the classical pronunciation and the ecclesiastical. Both are acceptable. Mm -hmm. I think there's probably some of that with the Greek as well. But Tanya, it's a great question because Mm -hmm. I think it explains why the podcast is Plumfield Moms instead of Plumfield and Paideia. Diane and I have always loved the juxtaposition between 
Joe March's Plumfield and the idea of the classical education, not specifically the classical model, like you must educate your child in this particular way, but that education flows from a classical tradition. And the paideia really captures that for us, or the paideia. (laughs) (laughs) So we loved that the name represented the juxtaposition of this classical traditional approach to educating as opposed to, say, something progressive. And the wholesome, whole child, rich experience that we see in Plumfield, the the way that those two things fit together, it was so harmonious. But for something like a podcast, that's a, we found that a lot of people have a hard time knowing how to spell Paideia. And so if you're trying to type a link, <laughs> it's not that easy. And we wanted something that was easier for mamas. Our whole goal here is to make it better and easier for mamas and our name doesn't need to be a stumbling block. Yeah, well, that's why I'm glad we talked about it for a minute and clarified it today, because many people do want to know how to say something correctly, or at least the acceptable forms of how to pronounce something so you can talk as if you know what you're speaking yeah. about. I'm sure mo- most of us have had the experience when you're reading out loud and you come across words, even I do today, and I think, I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why I was just saying that. But that's what I say to my children. I don't know any idea. We will look it up afterwards. <laughs> yes. But I, I do like to go look words up and find out how to pronounce them, especially people's names or the name of their organization so that I'm saying it correctly. And also just because it brings such a an understanding when you delve into the name of either people sometimes. Yeah. Their names have meanings or into an organization. There's often great purpose behind that. And I do love that you switched and gave the podcast a slightly different name and a slightly different purpose. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. They walk together. They're tied together. But they each serve a very different purpose. Yeah, they're like two sisters in the same family. You know, they have the same same DNA. Um, They have the same genetic material. But they have a different call or a different personality. And so I I like that these two things have great complementarity. You know, Diane and I are really different um, in in terms of personality. We (laughs) don't say. (laughs) You know, she's actually really talkative. No, not true. (laughs) Um, But so it's really nice that I think these, the podcast and the website blog that they have a complementarity that's not dissimilar to the complementarity Diane and I have. Would you agree, Diane? No, I think that's absolutely right. And that's why we can work together. Sarah was kind of doing Plumfield when we got together and I was teaching in the classical school. So it made perfect sense. It did. It really did. I love that. My next question is, once you began the blog and you are reading books, you're reviewing books, you're sharing thoughts on various things. You have quite a few different things that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to do a podcast? Was this something that had been you'd been thinking <laughs> about and just putting off? Is it something that you just it was a this year 2022 sort of thing? How did that come to be? May I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were always thinking of a podcast, but a long time ago, especially when I started doing the spelling articles. Sarah kept saying to me, I need to hear these. I don't understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she would say, you're going to have to record them. Well, at the time, I didn't have any technology for that, and neither did she. So I'm going, I don't don't see that ever happening. And a couple of years ago, um, my husband and I started a podcast called The Ramble Room that it was a political and, and mostly Wyoming politics podcast. 
And suddenly we had a lot of technology in the house. And then yeah. last spring, I was talking to mm -hmm. Sarah and I said, you know what, I think it's time to do that. So <laughs> we really just started with the idea that we were, we were going to record our book reviews. Yeah. And then Sarah. That was the plan. Oh, and then Sarah. Ooh, you tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sarah. That could be just a thing that we could have between us, Diane, and then Sarah. Oh, you mean, <laughs> and then Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> the magnificent idea machine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners know that as opposite in personality as Diane and I are, Tanya and I are similar. We are very, very mm. alike. And so I think the podcast which was something that we didn't see coming and didn't have a plan for and came right on the heels of us having a conversation about, are we renewing our fees for our website for one year or three years? And we said, one year, because we don't know if we're still going to be doing this in three years. So we had that conversation in March, and then all of a sudden, our an outgrowth of our friendship with Tanya and Sarah began to bend our perspective and our brains a bit. First of all, we never really understood that people were actually reading our website regularly. <laughs> right. I mean, we, we have numbers, obviously. You know, we, we get, you know, it, the 70,000 hits a year on our on our website, but we don't know what those mean. We don't know how to interpret those. So it wasn't until Tanya kept saying, oh, but I read your review on this or your review on The Practical Princess. And and don't you remember when you said such and such? I'm like, wow, somebody mm -hmm. was actually paying attention. It gave me a renewed sense of maybe there's something to this that we should be doing. And so that kind of um, I feel like BiblioGuides opened a door for us into a room we didn't know we had in a house we had already built. And so yeah. the podcast was, whether it's a room that was there or an extension that we built onto this house, it was a thing we didn't know was there. And I think it was our relationship with BiblioGuides that prompted us to see the door, open the door, and con contemplate walking through it. And so then it became an issue of, what is it that we're doing on our blog that matters to us that is hampered by the limitations of a static place. We created the blog to be a static place to put up book reviews that could be a resource for people to check and, and get when they needed. So when you need to know about the practical princess, it's there. We you don't we can write we wrote it five years ago, but it's there now. The beauty of that is that it can do its thing, but there are limitations to that. And so what would this new medium offer for the website? And I think we started genuinely with the idea of this, this podcast is going to support the website. And now, I don't know about you, Diane, but in many ways, for me, it's flipped. How does the website support the podcast? How, but really, they're peanut butter and jelly. Like, mm -hmm. they fit together. Like, the show notes... Right. The show, people go to the website for the show notes, and the show notes are this amazing way to link all the things we've already done and all the people we love and all the resources that we, you know, care about. And they support the episode. So when you're listening to the episode and you want to know what was that book they referred to, they can go find it. 
I don't know. I think I think both are <laughs> both are really great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make me pick. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they t- they just walk hand in hand together. You don't really have one without the other. They're pulling together now. Yeah. And very synergistic together as well. Yeah. So Diane was saying that it was initially a way to just have your reviews be spoken, like a spoken review that a mom could sit down and rather than having to read a review, she could have her eyes free in order to do laundry or do dishes and listen to a review. And oftentimes those are maybe no more than 10 minutes. So it's a quick, mm-hmm. kind of a quick yeah. listen that's consumable really quickly. Yeah. So you started with that. But again, you launched, can you tell us when you launched? Because it seems that you might have started with that and then you launched and you haven't been doing podcasts for very long. And then all of a sudden, there's way more than a spoken review happening. Yeah, that was Sarah. And then Sarah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when we started, we did a very, very soft free trial opening with uh, Podbean. You get 30 days for free. And we said, well, let's do 30 days to just understand the technology. Like, what microphones do we actually need? Uh, do, do I need a preamp? Do I need to spend, you know, $350 on a setup? Or can I get get away with this other thing? How does Audacity work? And how do I edit? So we spent the first two weeks just sort of getting a sense of technology. And then we said, okay, we're going to start the free trial today. And we're going to run the free trial from like May 20th to June 20th. And during the free trial, we're going to record a few book reviews and just throw them out there. Not even really going to tell very many people that they're there. We're just going to see what it's like to walk the process from concept to an actual executed episode. What does that look like? And so I would call that like our soft opening, but we didn't consider that a launch. We just considered that practice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The last week of June is when we did our launch. And we launched with a couple of long form episodes because we thought, well, we need to explain ourselves. So let's tell our story. Right. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. is this podcast? But we didn't really want to be another podcast out there. There are so many valuable podcasts and people's capacity to listen is it's limited. And so we didn't want to be asking people to listen to things that weren't going to be incredibly beneficial. It had to fulfill an actual need, not be a thing to put out in the market or out in the world. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of bookish podcasts Mm -hmm. out there. And good ones. With people doing various things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. excellent ones. And I think all of us listen to some various podcasts ourselves that we really enjoy. There needed to be something that differentiated this podcast from everything else that was out there. A reason that it would bring a benefit or more possibility to the market, to the mamas out there, and wasn't just something that was competing for the same space necessarily. There had to be something that differentiated it that made it valuable to add on to something that people might have already been listening to. At the same time, one of the things that we always say is we don't want to sound like we're trying to be experts. Mm -hmm. One of our goals is to make moms understand that they can do what we've done. For themselves. Yep. In a way that works for their families. Yeah. We, our desire is to empower. It is to stand with and journey with and empower mamas. And there are a lot of excellent podcasts out there. People who have really excellent understandings of particular niche things and are really, really good at it. 
We don't want to be them. We think they're marvelous. <laughs> I'm great with them existing right. and 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 having the kind of following that they have. We don't we don't want to subtract from that. We want to add to the mother's experience. And so we said, let's look at the first six months of this as throwing spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. Let's take a look at things we think would be really enjoyable to listen to and would have been helpful to us if we had had access to them. And let's see what people think. Let's just put it out there and see. So here we are, seven months in, six and a half months in, and we have 129 episodes and 14,000 downloads. And in that mix, we have roughly a third of our episodes are some kind of interview. We were trying to determine, are people most curious about hearing from authors or authors' families? Are they most curious about hearing about other curators and people in the book world doing book things? Are they most curious to listen in on the other major portion of our podcast, which is specific book talk. We're going to talk about a particular author and their books, or we're going to have a book club and talk about a particular book. And then, of course, we have our reviews. And on Saturdays, we have Diane's beautiful, beautiful spiritual reflections. And we thought, let's just see, like, what's the strongest horse? It's even. It's like totally even. There's very Thanks, little statistics. difference. <laughs> like, well, that was great. <laughs> well, I think that's lovely because you kind of have a feast that you're spreading of different things, and every single one has specific purpose mm-hmm. and specific value, and they meet a different need. And to see that they're being equally listened to and appreciated and serving that need is really fascinating. It is fascinating. I I thought for sure people would show up for one thing. And what is probably true is there are probably listeners who are showing up for this and that, but not these other things. And other listeners who are showing up for a different combination. And so in a perfect world, we would have enough money to split our podcast into two channels or three channels. We would be able to have a channel that was just book reviews. So you could just show up for the book reviews and let those things load in while you're folding laundry. And we could have another one that's dedicated to all things book, you know, talking about book, interviewing authors and illustrators and having book clubs. And we could have another one that was just educated to filling up the mama's heart with educational reflections and spiritual reflections. But that's just not where we're at. So instead, we have the whole feast. And what we've tried to one of the things we learned is that people really want to know from the title what it is. And so we have started relabeling all of our episodes with a preface in front of it. So if it's a book club, it says book club, colon, and then the name of the book. If it's a talk about authors, it's author talk, colon, and then the name of the author. Try to make it easier for people to use it that way so that if they're just here for the author stuff, okay, you can find those pretty easily. If you're just here for the book clubs, you can find those pretty easily. And then we tried to go onto the website, too, and organize things a bit. (laughs) If you go and click, if you only care about book reviews... You can click on the podcast tab on our website, click on Plumfield Reads, and then you'll have a list of all the book clubs. So we're trying to do stuff like that to make it easier for the user, because apparently we're going to continue to do a lot of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. I'm loving it. And I think there are a lot of people who are really appreciating and finding value here. But let's talk numbers some more then. So if you have 129 episodes and you've been 
airing those episodes for about six months, that's about 22 episodes per yes. month. That, that is no joke. Many people only put out one episode a week and they do a season. Yeah. Right. So their podcast is airing for a certain period and then they take a period off for that season and then you just wait for the next season right. to come. So you have shared that some of these are book reviews, some of these are Saturday reflections, some of these are educational, some of these are much more in depth with interviews and book clubs and things like that. So each one of these has a different level of work. Mm -hmm. All of them are work, mm -hmm. but perhaps a different amount of time with involved in prep work and editing and whatnot. So that's how you've started. Is this how you're going to continue? It sounds like you are going to continue. If you are continuing, what does 2023 look like for you? So we want to show respect. Fundamentally, we want to show respect. We want to show respect to our listeners. We want to show respect to our families. We want to show respect to our guests. And the way that we show respect is by having a little more rest, a little more space, not asking so much of the people who support us, not asking so much of our guests, not asking so much of you, Tanya, because you've been along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not asking our listeners to feel the need to tune in all the time for all the things. The reason why we started this way, again, is because the spaghetti thing. We wanted to see what sticks. We wanted to give people a, a good feast to sample. But also, our end game is not that this podcast will be something of the moment. We don't desire to be current or popular or viral. Our desire is that we are building a robust treasury that mamas can access when they need it. They can go and find the book club they need when they need it, the author talk they need when they need it. So we front-loaded our podcast so as to build up a treasury that was searchable and usable now, immediately, and now in 2023, we can sort of let that simmer while we add more seasoning to it. So we're going to slow down a little bit of our production. We're going to go from posting four times a week to posting three times a week, three weeks of the month, and still four times a week, one week of the month. So we're not really scaling back that much. <laughs> but our listeners will notice that on Wednesdays, we will not be airing new episodes, except for the first Wednesday of every month. We're going to do something new and special. So I said in the beginning that the way that this podcast came about, it, it was a combination of Diane was doing these things that needed to be heard and a lot of mamas kept asking us to do something with our reviews so that they could access them more, more easily in, you know, in auditory form. But we didn't really want to go there. We had all of our own stuff to deal with and our own limitations. And we just didn't envision that as a possibility until our friendship with you and Sarah came about. <laughs> the collaboration between us has been incredibly life-giving and exciting and inspiring. Mm -hmm. And we have so much more fun work we're going to do together. <laughs> yes, for sure. We thought it's probably obvious to our listeners that you are pretty special to us because you're in a lot of our episodes. So we thought we should just kind of make it official. And the first Wednesday of every month, you and Sarah are going to join me and Diane in a monthly chat just like this. 
and talk together about the things that each of us are reading, both individually for our own projects, the things that we're collaborating on, what we're reading and doing for those things, and just sort of have this cup of coffee together once a month where we can invite our listeners into our journey and then ask our listeners to join us in that journey and and contribute their own reading goals and wishes and wants and what they're reading about that they want to talk about. We want them to join us in your online community where you have given us this sweet little corner called Plumfield Reads where we can sit and chat with each other. And so we thought if we could once a month kind of just talk about what we're excited about and invite our listeners to join us over in Minding Networks, it could be a really productive and meaningful friendship that can continue to evolve together. Yeah, I thought it was a really fascinating and interesting idea. And it's something I'm wanting to be a part of because I like the idea of having a conversation among women who are from different stages of life. We have children at different stages, but yet we have so much commonality. And just to show how friendships can grow Mm -hmm. through a love of books and reading. And then just to share the interesting things that we do read about. I know that for me, especially because of the work with Biblio Guides, I come across really interesting tidbits yes, <laughs> that I think that is so fascinating. And then I look around in my office, and there's no one here to share it with. No one to say, did you know X, Y, Z? Or I sometimes I make connections where I realize this illustrator is actually the granddaughter of this author or right. whatever. And I think, oh, this is so interesting. And maybe I go make the connection on Biblio Guides. but Who sees it? <laughs> I don't know. Or if they do see it, they don't know who to tell either. <laughs> and sometimes I just want to share some of the exciting things or the kind of aha things that happen in life that I think are so life-giving that I know mamas are having that yeah. too. And sometimes they don't have anyone to tell it to. So to come in and listen to our conversation and then be able to get to know us on Mighty Networks if they just, you know, if they choose to. I had this experience last night where I'm reading a wonder book for boys and girls to my eight-year-old. And so we were also then reading about some Greek gods. And I was teaching her about Hermes and who Hermes is (laughs) this last week. (laughs) So we're reading Norman the Doorman last night by Don Freeman. So cute. I'm sorry. I love that book. It's so cute. (laughs) It's so cute. And we're going to talk about that book in another Mm -hmm. episode. I turn the page because he's basically Norman is this little mouse and he's the doorman of this museum, but he is in the basement. So he brings other mice in to see all the great treasures in the basement. So I turn the page and there's this big illustration of a statue with wings on its feet. And my eight-year-old says, I recognize that winged foot. That's Hermes. (laughs) And it was just so... I just thought, and that's why we read. Exactly. That is why we give our kids the classics, why we give them fairy tales and folk tales and mythology, because then they see it in their picture books. And then later, there's a tiny illustration as he is in the upstairs part of the museum, and there is a Van Gogh painting, and she, you know, she recognized Van Gogh. And I just thought, oh. And now our education. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just so, it was such a fun thing to see her have these aha moments as we're reading this amazing picture book that's still in print, written originally in the 50s, right? And I just think these are the types of things I just want to share with people. It's just fun and it's exciting. And I'm excited to have a space to do that with you ladies and hear the connections you are making because websites are wonderful, but they are static and that human interaction. And I just want moms to also have a place where they feel like they could be part of the conversation. Yes. 
they know that we're just regular yes. women, just mm-hmm. like them. We're just mamas in the trenches, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. them. We also don't think we're that well-read. Mm-hmm. I don't have this high ego of thinking I am the cat's meow. <laughs> and I don't think you ladies do no. either. And so I just think any mom would feel like they could come sit in our living rooms and have a conversation with us and feel comfortable being yes, there. And welcome. Mm-hmm. And welcome. Yeah. And that's kind of what your idea feels like to me. Yay. I think the more you read, the more you know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. How can you mm-hmm. not yes. be humbled by that? Amen. Or look around <laughs> yes. the library and go, I will never read all these books. <laughs> and that's okay. Yes. It's okay to not read all the books. It's but okay no one has read all the books. No, they have not. Yeah. No. 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 Well, I find that as I get older, mm-hmm. the older I get and the more I read, the less I feel I know. Yes. Well, one of the really fun things about our friendship, Tanya, yours and mine, is that there are a lot of books I do not have that I don't even know about. And I have enjoyed, profoundly enjoyed this year, being exposed to boxes of books that were unknown to me, that you want me to have them because you want me to review them because we want everybody to know about them, because they're worth knowing right. about. And I I have no shame in admitting that I had never read Norman the Dorman until this year. I, I'm sad that I didn't know about it. I'm sad that it wasn't on a library shelf that was accessible to me. But I'm thrilled that I know about it now and my kids have it. And I'm okay if this never stops. <laughs> I'm okay. (laughs) If if I go to my grave not knowing all of the books because I'm constantly discovering new ones. And that's what we want mamas to know. New old ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the old ones. Like Mm -hmm. the number of old books out there that we don't know about. And they're old books. We should know. Like they've been around for a while. Yeah. Well, I want to give that especially to young mamas. Moms that are starting out or are still in the trenches with young Mm -hmm. children. I would like to share with them everything I've learned in my fast track education the last 10 years that I wish I had known. And I have a daughter who's getting married this year and her and her husband are planning to homeschool when they have children. I want every mama to have the opportunity that I'm hoping that I could give her, which is everything that I've learned that I wish I had known about the good books and what they are and that there's so many more out there. Mm -hmm. Then we think that we don't have to just, you know, if you have a voracious reader, there's a solution mm-hmm. for that. That's not just let them loose in the library. Yeah, exactly. And you don't, you don't yeah. have to settle. I mean, I think that that is, when I met Diane, we, we say this in our very first um, long episode, the first episode where we talk about how Diane and I met, we talked about the fact that we met in a storybook group on Facebook and mm-hmm. we had bumped into each other quite a bit. We were in a lot of common threads, but we had never really had one-on-one conversation with each other. And somebody had posted about a book series that I really loved at the time, and Diane did not. (laughs) And and she was polite but firm about that. And uh, That's different. (laughs) Yeah, that's really different for you, Diane. (laughs) And I admitted on that episode, and I admit again, I am thrilled that our friendship was born on a dis- on a healthy, polite, kind, intellectual disagreement. And I'm even more thrilled yeah. that she was able to change my mind without trying to change my mind. I'm happy to admit that I grew. 
I'm happy to admit that I learned something and I matured and I burned the books, by the way. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the conversation for another day. <laughs> There's a cautionary review of them on our website. <laughs> and obviously that's not what I was going for. <laughs> no, no, you weren't you weren't trying to convince me of anything. You were expressing your concerns about the book and you were genuinely curious as to why I thought, given those liabilities, why I still thought that they were excellent. And it was in recognizing that those liabilities were actual liabilities that I began to see the book differently. And I think for me, that was a, a seminal moment in taking what I think is, I have some pretty decent taste when it comes to books, but I had not yet developed enough skill in learning to read critically. I could read critically for certain aspects but I had not yet really learned to to read critically for a wider audience than my own point of view. And we didn't know it then, but that was the beginning of us writing together critically about books so that mamas can, can have a fair understanding of what's inside the covers of a book and they can decide for themselves whether or not that's good food for their family. Yeah, and I think that's the key, right? The key is to provide... The website, the podcast, the partnership being a partner guide with BiblioGuides mm -hmm. and partnering with us and collaborating the way we have been is that we're not saying we have the no, answer. No, right. Not mm -hmm. at all, right? We're saying we've thought about a bunch of things. We have our own life experience mm -hmm. and we may still change our minds on some things, but we're trying to put out enough good information that a mom can say, I can make the decision for my family. Right. right. I have what I need to make a good decision and feel confident. I I would love for more mothers to feel more confident that they are the stewards of their children that God intended. Yes. And it's good to go out and get other mentors and listen to a lot of different ideas, but in the end it's her. Yes. And and her with her of husband, course. right? But mothers also have a specific stewardship with yes. children to make that decision and to not worry that you're doing it wrong because someone else did it a different right. way. Right. And I think there's so much comparison and we would just, we just want to say, you think about what's best for your kids. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important um, what Sarah said about her admitting that she's grown. Well, my goodness, if we're not growing, mm -hmm. then what are we doing? But mm -hmm. we've come to where we are through different paths and it's been years and years for me. I was a voracious reader all my life, and I was a pretty undiscriminating reader for a mm. long time. No one was directing me. And so when I started getting involved, like in homeschool groups where I was teaching literature classes, I, I remember first coming up, up against a mom who said, well, we don't read that kind of books. And I was going, mm. oh, I, mm. I never thought about that. So little things like that that made me start thinking about how other people look at things and then when mm -hmm. I was teaching in a classroom and pick I oh you know choose a book for something and because I loved it when I was a kid and then go oh there are probably some moms in this who are not going to you know the parents who are not going to appreciate this particular thing because of whatever right. so right. one thing we do is not we don't say we have chosen the very best books for you and then no. we're also going to pick apart the ones that are bad we're we have learned how to flag things that many people will want to know rather right. than this is mm -hmm. a bad one this is a good one we say we liked it but here are some cautions right yeah and and also not shying away from hard right. things 
there's going to be books that are going to have true things that are ugly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so those are the types of books too that the podcast yes. gives an opportunity to unpack. Yeah, reviews are powerful, but the podcast book clubs give an opportunity to unpack some hard things and maybe how or why you should walk your child through some certain things or to think about when. And with the podcast, we have the opportunity of pouring several opinions on that into one spot. There are certain books Mm -hmm. that Sarah and I have talked for years about reviewing together, and Mm -hmm. we never get around to it because that is such a difficult undertaking to write something collaboratively different, it's yes. really hard yeah yeah mm-hmm. so we're mm-hmm. now we get to do them on the podcast we are still going to do those same books it's just going to be a really different format yeah we're finally going to get to ben Hur, yeah. which yes. is something we've wanted to do for years <laughs> and we want to do it because we both love it not because we don't like it and but, we hate the new movie mm-hmm. so i'm sorry the, yes <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> well and i'm excited because that's been on my to be read list for many years and i've just not it's not floated to the yeah. top so i think that's really great and what's amazing about technology is that truly a new medium can offer context in a way yeah. that another medium can't and so to have so many opportunities to have a website have a podcast different ways that you can share your message, share your thoughts. It's really powerful. It, it is. I think I think about how I was reading out loud for one of our book reviews, a review the other day, but it has key spoilers in it about whether or not the dog lives or dies. And so I had to say, this was the limitation of the podcast. I had to say, because this one was, it's a spoiler-free listening experience, even though from a reading perspective, you want to be able to scroll down and see where it's clearly marked so you don't have to see if you don't want to see. And so I had to say, in this review, if you go to our website, you can choose whether or not to see the spoiler. I can't tell you that the spoiler is coming and ask you to just plug your ears for a minute. And so that was where the the written review is the stronger candidate for a mom's understanding in this case. But she might not even know that that review exists on our website were it not being featured on the podcast. And so that's where they work so well in tandem. So you have both shared that you took this six months. You had a lot of ideas, a lot of things that you were trying out to see what types of things would have the most impact and the most value for people. You're making some adjustments. So there will only be a book chat conversation between Plumfield Moms and BiblioGuides on the first Wednesday of the month. And then on Fridays, each Friday, there will be an episode released. Did you want to share exactly what that's going to look like? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that with the qualification that, you know, a year is a long time to commit to something. <laughs> Absolutely. What's it going to look like yeah. for now? <laughs> so in this season of life, because, you know, a year ago, we were just getting to know Tanya and Sarah. We weren't imagining a podcast with 129 episodes. Um, so in this season, we're going to begin the way we intend to go. And the way we intend to go is that much of the content that would have been spread between Wednesdays and Fridays will now just be on Fridays. And so every Friday, you can expect to find a new episode that is sort of the longer form interview style episode. So uh, the library ladies who have become such a wonderful feature of this experience and who have done so much to educate us on a lot of really interesting things, they've really been a great resource and we want to continue to have them on 
So the first Friday of the month is a Library Lady episode. It might be a forgotten book. It might be a landmark book. It might be new things that are coming involving the Library Ladies. The first Friday of every month, you're going to get something involving the Library Ladies. And you can look on our website to get kind of a sense of what's coming and because we, we'll always be keeping their page up to date. Then the second and third Fridays will be a combination of things we love. It's just going to be the, the, the people we want to get to know better, the books we want to talk about, the publishers we enjoy, the, all the things we want to do. Like there are so many author and illustrator stories we want to be able to tell, you know, the story behind the story kind of a thing. And that is such a brilliant collaboration with BiblioGuides. When we combine the researching power of BiblioGuides with the kind of critical review power of Plumfield, those conversations get to be really dynamic. So the kinds of interviews that you've seen with regard to, say, Evelyn Sibley Lapman or Hilda von Stockham, you're going to see more of that kind of thing on the second or third Friday of the month. And then the fourth Friday of the month is going to be the crown jewel in our whole existence. <laughs> we at Plumfield are nothing if we are not the book club ladies. So the fourth Friday of every month will be the, the book club discussion for the book that we are asking people to read the following month. And so that's the that's where we have Lara and Sarah and Tanya joining us. And we're we're taking those tricky books and talking about them so we can look at them from four or five or six different perspectives. Awesome. I really love it. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> I really love it so much. You know, we have a saying on our website. We haven't talked about it very much, but you hit on so many points of it as you were just speaking just now. And what we came up with is every book tells a story mm -hmm. and every book has a story. The best books become part of your story. I love that. And, you know, if you just stop and think about it for a second, most of us who are listening to this podcast are coming to it because we love yeah. books and we love stories. And if you think about it, every book does have a story, how it came to be into publication, why the author mm -hmm. wrote it, what impacted the illustrator, who the publisher was. And those stories sometimes can provide such depth that it changes the way you feel about the story. Right. But then you can also, on top of that, read a story, find out its backstory, and have it make such an impact on your own life that it really changes yeah. you. I think most of us can think of probably numerous books where that book had an impact on the trajectory of our life. Right. I think sometimes they talk about key moments in life. We all have these kind of key moments where you can think of like there were these certain decisions and you had a shift enough that it's like the train switch, mm -hmm. right? Where it just, it puts you eventually a thousand miles apart from where you would have been had you stayed on this other trajectory. And I just think story has the power to do that. It can just change the way you think about something or the way you see a specific thing. It can cause you to have empathy that maybe you didn't have before. Right. Story is just such an impactful way to connect to the world. And when moms can come and listen to an episode where we can share that backstory, we can share our thoughts on a story, and then they can know, well, I could take this book home and, and have it in my life or have it in the lives of my children, right. that then they can create impacts and moments. Yes. And I just, I love that. Well, I think about, we're named for Plumfield. And sometimes people think that's because we love Joe March, the writer, right? Because we're writers. And so they think 
well, you love Joe March because she's a writer. And Diane and I are always quick to say, no, it, it's not Joe that we love. It's Joe and Professor Bear together at Plumfield that we love. It's the whole experience of Plumfield in Little Men and Joe's Boys that we treasure. And for me, I was backpacking through Europe when I was in college. I was in between terms. I was a student at the University of Oxford, and I was in between two terms, and I was backpacking. And I could, I had that huge pack, right, with all my clothes and my possessions, and I could only carry a couple of books with me. So I carried Little Men. And I reread Little Men in the Swiss Alps. I reread Little Men in the gardens at Oxford. And that book seeped into my very DNA. It was in the reading of that book that I wanted to be a boy mom. It was that book unlocked the fantastic thing that a boy is, as Chesterton says, a noise with dirt on it. That's <laughs> the definition <laughs> of a boy. <laughs> I, I love boys and the way their minds work and their noise and their chaos and, and their boyishness. But I don't know that I would have ever discovered that passion for boys had it not been Joe March. And so to your point, Tanya, we all have some of those stories that once we heard them, our lives were different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you guys are creating here is a way to help moms and families access those moments for themselves mm -hmm. and bring the best stories in, be able to choose the best stories for their home libraries and for their family reading time yeah. and educational reading time and personal reading time, all the times when we're wanting to reach for a, for a yeah. book. And like Charlotte Mason says, to lay the feast. We're not telling you this is the book for your family. We're telling you here are a lot of really great books you can choose. Mm -hmm. Maybe Miss Mantle is perfect for you. Maybe not yet. Maybe the borrowed house is one you're going to do with your teenagers, but you're not going to give it to your 10-year-old just yet. That's the right. hope is that everything we lay before you is something that is at least worthy of consideration. And then you, Mama, you get to decide. You get to go and read our reviews. You get to go and do the research in BiblioGuides, understand more of the story behind the story. And you get to decide if that's something worth pursuing or not. And we're not going to be offended if you don't like what we're recommending. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and I homeschooled in the 90s. And so from my point of view, finding books was difficult because you had to just go find them physically. Yes. If they weren't there in your mm -hmm. library, you might not ever know about them. Right. So you guys now, though, and my daughter and son who are homeschooling, you have too many choices and so mm -hmm. in in we're we're kind of coming from both ends we're we're bringing the books from the past back where people can see them and sorting through the huge options that you have now that we never had not and we're not going to do all of it no but mm -mm. between the four of us you know however many are involved in biblio guides there's a pretty good chance we're going to get to a lot of good stuff yeah Especially with the library ladies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Tanya, you're still in the chair, my friend. I'm still you in the chair. You are in the chair. And we are so grateful 
that you came today and shared this microphone uh, for us and with us. Well, Sarah and Diane, you are two of my favorite people on this planet and two of my favorite people to have book chat with. I'm honored to have been able to host today and to talk to you about the podcast and where you've been and where you're going and what your plans are. I would like to just share with your listeners that we would like them to join the conversation Mm -hmm. and come hang out with us in our BiblioGuides community that's on Mighty Networks. You can get more information about that on the show notes of this episode because we want you to come be a part of the conversation and because we feel that it's important for mamas to have a place to come have further conversation and we want to be accessible to that and be able to actually interact both ways, not just them hearing us, but us being able to converse back and forth. So we invite you to come check it out. And until next time.